Today on the Moodily Podcast, Megan Adams brings us a story, her story, of the incredible gentleness of Jesus in the place of surrender in the garden of her heart. We are women who have given up on trying to live in perfectionism and guilt. Because let's be honest, it just doesn't work. So we're trying something different and choosing to live intentionally and with hope. Please join us as we attempt to open the conversation and search out answers in a safe place. Welcome to the Moo Lily Podcast. Hello. Good evening, Christina. Good evening. So y'all are going to be excited <laughs> about this podcast because we are recording at 7.30 p.m. Yeah, we are. So you just never know what's going to happen. You get a little loopy. That's my predominant <laughs> memory is Christina's like, whatever, whatever, which is not your usual ammo. So. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. So it's good to be together. Welcome back to the Moolily Podcast. I'm Christina. You might have been confused by my little yell there. (laughs) The Australian. (laughs) This is Christiana. She is, in fact, from the South. (laughs) And we are in our series on tending the garden of your heart. Yeah. Which so far, I say this all the time, but I really mean it. (laughs) So far has been so good. I've been really, really blessed by all our guests. They've been stellar. Mm -hmm. And we were just talking about this. It's kind of funny. Every time we choose a topic, I mean, I feel like the Lord really leads us into a topic and it's something that I have vision for and we're excited about. It always ends up being like my life. Christiana's life like we are living the message yes right now we currently have circumstances that are very hard that we Mm. cannot change yes and in the midst of it we want to tend the garden of our hearts Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so that's the the premise of the conversation is not just um self-care like if you drink more water you're going to be okay you know like yeah I mean, you will, but... Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm all about tools. I'm all about techniques. I'm all about new information that's going to, you know, give us the ability to to grow or whatever, for sure. But just often, uh, I don't know, there are just different seasons where it's hard and it's out of your control. And we were talking about the difference between, you know, if there's an abusive relationship or there's something that's clearly unhealthy that you need to make a change. And that's kind of not what we're talking about. Yeah. We're talking about, um, well, I'll give you an example. We, um, the Baldwins, are in a little bit of a crisis with our business. We've just had thing after thing after thing that's just been really, really hard. And we're carrying kind of a heavy burden with that, with our staff and with some financial situations and with some legal situations. And um, my husband is just working night and day. And it's just been yeah. exhausting. Um and particularly for me as the wife, I don't have a role in this business. There isn't anything specific I can do except for like feed my husband because he just doesn't <laughs> sleep or eat most days. <laughs> so I get, it, I get up early and make him So she might actually eggs. feed him food. Right, <laughs> food, yes. Um, and then the other thing is uh, my son Hartman ha- is having a pretty major surgery in the next couple of weeks. So when this comes out, that will probably already yeah. have been passed. But... At the moment, that's just something that I'm 
waiting for. <laughs> yeah. Um, just trying to prepare my heart and just prepare my life. Like just have some meals in the freezer and have some babysitting lined up and, you know, sort of feel like, you know, as prepared as I can for mm-hmm. that season. But mm-hmm. it's um, it's kind of heavy. Yeah. So the the concept that we're we're wanting to discuss, and we have a fan- phenomenal guest with us this evening. Just the best. Yeah. Just, just the best. <laughs> Is how can we, in the midst of these difficult circumstances, stay connected and aware of of our ourselves, mm-hmm. and connected and aware of the presence of the Lord with us? Um, what are the small and important things that we can do? when we feel like there are major things that we want to do but we're not able to so that's my little intro blurb (laughs) (laughs) is there anything you'd like to add to that christiana you know i was thinking of you saying those small little things how incredibly important it is to think about small little things Mm -hmm. because some of us we tend to go to this grand scale and my counselor asked me a couple weeks ago how what comforts you and it was this huge stumping question and I'm going to these huge concepts and I have all kinds of issues with it. And, and conversations over the following weeks, I happened to mention how I kept eating macaroni and cheese, which is like the last thing I need to eat. And she went, oh, that's a very comforting food. Mm-hmm. And we've had conversations about using food the right and the wrong way. But she said, we, from that conversation, we started talking about what are those small, tangible, practical things that are comforting? Mm -hmm. physically for me or for my heart or whatever and so I think it's there's such wisdom in thinking about what are the small things that we can do in the midst of whatever it is Mm -hmm. that was my pregnant I'm trying yeah (laughs) (laughs) let's not forget I'm pregnant yes (laughs) you're fantastically pregnant it's just delightful yeah it's only going to get better. So that's been a challenge for you? That's a circumstance that's yes. outside so, of your control? <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Everyone has heard me bewailing and moaning about my difficult pregnancies, and so that's happening, and this is my fifth. So I have four children, and we have a new business that we just started on top of a business that we already run. Wow. And yeah, so that's my husband's work until, you know, nine to midnight nights, and he's mm-hmm. swamped, and it's just... It's just craziness, and we're yeah. doing a lot of intense counseling and recovery work right now. And yeah, wow, and, you know that's the short list. So it's it's not things that I can really change or alter or do anything mm-hmm. about. But in the midst of it, I want to be okay with Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> like how Jesus, how can I be okay with you right now? Yeah, how can the art of learning to be okay when everything's not okay? Mm-hmm. That's my two cents. Yeah. That's good. That's where we are. That's where we are. So with no further ado, mm-hmm. I would like to welcome Megan Adams. Hello. Oh. Thank you for joining us again. I'm so happy to be here. So many of you will remember we had her last fall. Yeah. Ish. I yeah. think so, yeah. Almost about this time of year, I think. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And she shared some profound wisdom and um, a lot of her journey with battling with a, like a chronic illness mm-hmm. for several mm-hmm. years and how the Lord really brought healing um, and resolution to that situation. But 
how she met with him, how he met her in that place, in the midst of the pain. Um, and I've heard her share her testimonies from different angles. Her and I have been friends for several years now. Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted her to bring, to share with us her journey from an emotional, relational level and how she cared for her heart mm. while she was managing physical pain and just circumstances of life. So tell us, Megan, what comes to mind when you hear the phrase, tending the garden of your heart? Um, So about, I think it was actually just November, December. It was last Christmas, basically. Um, I was at a party for my job um, and uh, I work at a private school. So... (laughs) while we're like mingling and having snacks and walking around and hanging out with each other, they also were like, hey, if you want to receive some prophetic prayer, just go back here to this room. <laughs> you know? And I was like, Classic office party. Super normal. I've never worked at a job like this before. And also, that is awesome. Yes, I would. Yeah. Um, just a tiny bit of backstory. We had just sold our house and had no idea where we were moving and had literally like countdown to days we needed to be out oh my goodness. and didn't know what we were doing. And um, so I go in there thinking, yes, Lord, give me an address. Give me a spot on a map. Give me some practical things. Tell yeah. me where I'm supposed to go. You can do that, which he can. Mm-hmm. So I go in there thinking more external, like he's going to talk to me about you know, meeting our external needs as a family. Mm-hmm. And man, I was blown away. He, just the woman that, and her husband that were conducting this, there was a couple of us in the room. It wasn't just me, but when they got to me and she prayed over me, she just really said some deep, I mean, personal things. She very mm-hmm. carefully, which I so appreciated, yeah. said some really, really deeply encouraging things to me that were very personal, um, where I was just immediately like, whoa, this is not what I was expecting but it prepared my heart to receive like what she was saying. Like it was from the Holy spirit. Cause I was like, mm. uh, uh-uh. I mean, she even mentioned like some song lyrics, like I'm hearing these lyrics and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to cry in front of these people. I just like just met and just took this job and I'm going to ball. Cause it was an, a really personal song for me, but she said a few things. The thing that really, that we're talking about here, um, is she said, you know, I feel like the Lord is saying your heart is his garden. Um, so the phrasing is just like a tiny bit different, but your heart is his garden. Um, and there was just like a specific weight of truth to that for me. Like when she said it, I just, yeah. it really kind of hit me. Um, and there's something so good about, like it felt good. Um, that conjures a lot of images and a lot of like thoughts about what that means. Um, and it blessed me immensely. So hmm. I, I kind of went on a journey of, kind of like looking at some of the things I've been through with the Lord with this new filter like okay if my heart is his garden then in that season he was doing this and in this season I was giving him access to this interesting yeah and kind of just looking back and had this new filter yeah um and I want to share really quick on our way here so I love like words and and I love to look up their meaning and the Mm -hmm. original language especially in a bible verse something that like I think it's so interesting and fascinating and just can help you go even a little bit deeper, get even a little bit more context and all that, Um, which I'm sure lots of people enjoy. But my husband just told me on the way here in the car, um, he read through like what I was going to maybe share tonight. And um, he was like, did you know 
he always has great did you knows he's like did you know she just (laughs) knows so many things so much fun about so many things he was like did you know that the word paradise means walled garden i was like what shut up no it doesn't it means walled garden wow it means like set apart growing beautiful peaceful protected space yeah and i was like thinking immediately of the times that jesus said that like today you will be with me in paradise and how he started everything with a garden yeah. and was in perfect communion with Adam and Eve there. And yeah, that's, that's kind of where that word came in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it led to some, some pretty big things for me in my life as I was processing it. Yeah. I love it when the Lord speaks something and then you have that as you, like you use the word filter. It's like you have a new paradigm to process the, th- the other things that he's spoken to you or the current situation that you're mm-hmm. in, you like you have a new set of lenses over your eyes that gives you mm-hmm. just a different perspective and often can give you a huge amount of yes. hope, like an injection of like, oh, Lord, you're with me yes. that you didn't have before. Um, no. So beautiful. One of my favorite things about that phrase is that my heart is his garden. Mm. So, So not that... Okay, after, after I went home with that, I just was thinking on it, processing it. And I had this image of what it's not. Like, so what it's not is that here's the garden of my heart, you know, which, by the way, when I think of the garden of my heart, of course, there's some things that are really encouraging to think about, like some fruit that has yeah. grown or trees that have grown up strong that the Lord has, has done in my life um, that have been allowed to, to just blossom but there are also things that I think of that make me wince a little bit. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's like some weeds. I'm sure there's like a viney thing that's happening. There might even be like a big thing and like tree. That's <laughs> like, I don't know the kind with like all the thorns shooting out of it. That's yeah, like, yeah. that shouldn't be a tree, but it is. Um, anyway, I, I was thinking through that and thinking, okay, if my heart is really a garden like that and I know it's imperfect, but it's his garden if in the beginning, what he really wanted was to walk with Adam and Eve through the garden, I just sort of started to imagine like him walking with me through my own personal garden, like my heart, what it looks like and what's there. And, and I'll go back to like that picture that I saw of what it's not. So like, let's say there is this vine or this tree that clearly needs to be removed, okay? Right. That's mm-hmm. like casting shadows. It's sucking yeah. the resources from everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, it's dark. Um, it's blocking light from, I mean, we can just keep going with the metaphor, but yeah, let's say there is that thing. So what it's not is it's not that Jesus strolls into the garden of my heart, looking around, like surveying with, um, you know, like some judgment in his eyes or disappointment or raised eyebrows like, Hmm, so this is what's going on in here. And he does (laughs) not, he does not, let me be clear, grab a lawn chair and sit in the shade and sip sangria and say, you need to work on that. And you need to deal with that. Yeah. You should probably do something about that. Hmm. And I, like, there's so, it's a funny picture when it came to me. It, like, made me laugh. But the truth is that is a really serious lie of the enemy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one that I've struggled with. I've struggled with feeling like there are certain things in my heart, in the garden of my heart, that either I just do not want to look at don't want to go there Mm -hmm. or feel like I should have been able to get rid of that by now. 
And, and it's on you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So if it's his garden, mm-hmm. it wasn't just your heart is a garden, you better do what you need to do with your garden. It was his. his. Yeah. And so it was such a gift to me to start to think about it in terms of if it's his garden and he is the gardener, then what's my role? Okay, if my role is to invite him in and then to walk with him, like letting him see all of it and just giving him access to the things that need, sometimes they need healing, sometimes they need to be fully removed, sometimes they just need help and to be supported to grow. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. thinking of all different types of bushes and trees and flowers that represent like the things that are going on in our hearts. Yeah. So what it is, um, is that he is the gardener. And the picture is him longing to walk with us through it yeah, um, and be given access to those things so that he can do what only he can do. Like, mm. I think that lie of the enemy is so insidious because it kind of pushes us, it pushes us, at least it did me, it pushed me into more of like a self-dependence, like a self yeah. I got to know how to deal with this yeah. or I got to figure that out or I don't have the capacity to figure that out. So I'm just not going to figure it out right now. It's right. just all kind of like, mm-hmm. can I, can I handle dealing with this or do yeah. I want to handle dealing with this or can I handle the fallout from dealing with it? I mean, you mentioned, you know, seeing a counselor and my husband and I have done that for a number of years and there's just, sometimes I thought I don't even have capacity to like talk about stuff right now, you know? Yeah. And so this image for me really set me free to start to look at, what the Lord was doing in my life through that filter and Mm -hmm. see, oh my goodness, have I been seeing my role in certain areas as, you know, just kind of wrapped up in shame a little bit, like that it, you know, those broken things shouldn't be there Mm -hmm. or that I should have already figured out how to dig them out. Like Jesus does not sit down in that lawn chair while I get a tiny shovel and try to take down an oak. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I just feel like, even though that's silly to think about it, I think it's a very purposeful lie of the enemy Mm -hmm. because for me, it ended up pushing me into more isolation and just avoiding some of the things that really, if I, if I can give Jesus just access to those things, he's, I mean, he wants our wholeness and our redemption more than we do. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, so that driving shame creates so much performance too, yeah. because when it's dependent on how well you do, if you're responsible for everything, yeah. It, instead of relationship, yeah, it drives you to do its per- perfectionism. Yep, I have to do this right because it's up to me. Mm-hmm. Or control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I can't even express like how much it blessed me to think about it as his garden and to change my role as, okay, I invite you in and I let you see it. Like, that's all you want, (laughs) you know? And Mm -hmm. I, and I don't want to like totally minimize like our, how important it is to, to respond to the Lord, to be obedient, you know? But really that changed my paradigm and it just, I think it lifted off, um, kind of the cloak that was over some of that stuff and allowed me to walk specifically directly right up to something in my life that had been growing that had been really really dark and really really painful for me Mm. um I talked a little bit about my past on the last podcast but for those of you that don't know I grew up in an abusive home and experienced trauma and 
like social services was a part of my childhood is kind of how I just like short story say it. Yeah. Um, and I, I think at some point when I was a kid, you know, like the Heavenly Father is always dropping seeds and I know the enemy is always dropping seeds too. Hmm. And I think sometimes we'll like, our, the soil of our heart in the garden will just like fully receive like that little lie that the enemy drops and we'll be like, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll let it grow and even protect it. Absolutely. Like this is happening. And so for me, it was unforgiveness towards my mom. Mm. And it was like, I protected it, you know? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, I'm just pretending it's not there. It was like, I know it's there. And I kind of need it. Like, so hmm. it almost felt like like a false sense of power yeah. Yeah. to withhold it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, almost like that was a protection for me, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or some mm-hmm. kind of a covering from mm-hmm. further mishandlement, mistreatment, whatever, is if I could say, look, I didn't get to choose my childhood, but I get to choose this, and this is something you can't have. No. And I felt strong saying it. Mm -hmm. Like, "Mm mm-mm. On the other side of that coin is I knew what Jesus says about forgiveness. Mm. And so if I ever ever would kind of think about it or kind of bubble up, I would think to myself, oh, my gosh. Like, I know what Jesus says about forgiveness, and I would feel shame Mm -hmm. about this choice that I was like, either, you know, subconsciously making maybe for part of my growing up and then overtly making later on. Yeah. Like, I'm not doing that. Uh, So I went back and forth from this false sense of power and kind of covering myself and then the shame. And I mean, for me personally, Jesus has just been teaching me and drawing me back to like the way he originally set things up Mm -hmm. and what that means um, about him and about us. And I just see the parallel of Adam and Eve's response being to instantly cover themselves and move away from the Lord. And for me, I was kind of drawn into, I'm gonna cover myself with unforgiveness and protect myself from being hurt, huh. right? Yep. And it wasn't okay. I mean, it's nothing, you know, fig leaves are nothing compared to the Lord's covering. Right. They're just not. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and so I do that. And then I feel shame about it. And I kind of just live there for like mm-hmm. many years. You know, it's not, it's not like I thought about it 24 hours a day, but mm-hmm. it was a thing in my life. And honestly, once the seed was in the soil and I agreed with it and I took it and let it grow, it became like a real big thing mm. in the garden of my heart that was just not okay. It was, it actually caused damage like in my heart. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It didn't, I don't think it damaged you know, my mom's heart necessarily the way that it damaged me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, the Lord just, the interesting way that I got to this place of looking straight at it after so many years of not like purposely just not looking at it, um, was that I just felt like the Lord was kind of inviting me into growing in surrender, mm-hmm. which is, I said before, it's like the S word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just the other S word. I it. just, it's very hard. It's my S word. <sighs> it's hard. It's hard. And that's like saying it real lightly. <laughs> I can say lots of other S words about the S word. But <laughs> anyway, um, it's hard. And I felt him not like challenging, like harsh, like inviting me, like, let me grow you in surrender. Like there's something good, you know, there's something good in it. Um, and I didn't know what to do. Okay, so I 
I just kind of was sitting thinking about it, and I remembered this prayer I had read a while back by John Wesley, who was a theologian and a writer, Eng- mm. English theologian, in like the 1700s. Um, and he <laughs> wrote this prayer. It's called the Covenant Prayer, which is like such a cool name for it. Yeah. And it goes something like this. Um, I am no longer mine, but yours. Mm-hmm. Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Let me be employed by you or set aside for you, exalted by you or brought low for you. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to your pleasure, pleasure and disposal. And now, blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you're mine. I'm yours. So be it. I love that prayer. Yeah. I was really drawn to it. I think because... I was like, wow, like somebody can say that stuff. Like I can't say that stuff. So <laughs> Let me have nothing. Freedom in that. Yes. There is such it's a very strange thing. Yeah. That yeah. there could be freedom in full surrender. That's yeah. that's strange. So I was like, you know what? I love that prayer. I can't say it from an honest place in my heart yet, but I'm gonna borrow that. And so I started to I just decided I'm gonna say this in the morning before I stand up out of my bed. Like when I wake up, before I get up, nothing fancy, bed hair, morning breath, all of it, nothing ceremonial. I'm just gonna say this prayer. I'm gonna borrow these words. Mm. They're not even mine. I'm just gonna see what happens because I don't really know how to grow in this area that's so difficult for me. Mm-hmm. Borrowed it, prayed it. Um, some mornings it brought me like kind of some comfort or some peace or strength for the day. I'd say maybe half to even more than half the mornings. I was just saying it. Like I was just going through the motions. Yep. Let me have all the things. Let me have nothing but that. Like just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, I'm getting up, you know. But it, interestingly enough, something really, really mysterious happened like three months into that. And I've never really, I've never done that before. I've never like decided I'm going to pray something and pray to every morning for three months. I've never done that. Hmm. Um, and there's no magic to that number whatsoever or that prayer, but three months into it I was sitting at church Glenn Kaler was teaching mm-hmm. and I just remember there's this moment he's like let's just take a minute and think is there anything that we need to like surrender to Jesus and just lay down at the cross like stop carrying and I remember not having I didn't have any sense like oh the Lord's about to do something crazy or I had no leading you know I was like okay like I'm just gonna go for this and open my hands to say you know I just close my eyes I was like Jesus is there anything like that in my heart this was not my idea, but I immediately saw in my mind's eye. So when I say saw, it's like my imagination. I didn't mm-hmm. see it like a hologram in front of me or something yeah. crazy. I'm not that crazy. Um, but I saw in my imagination immediately without really conjuring it myself. I just saw my mom and I sitting in a room talking really simply. And I was saying a couple things to her in order to fully forgive her. And I just like saw it as I'm sitting there praying with my hands open. And I thought, ooh, like I immediately felt uncomfortable. Not like bad, but just. It was a big one. It was a big one. Scary. Terrifying. Yeah. And, uh, and, and because of the nature of it, like the way that it just kind of came, I was like, Jesus is inviting me to this. Like I feel that. Yeah. That was not me looking for things and picking one. Like that just came up. Yeah. And I've been in this place of saying, all right, I'm yours. I'm yours. You're mine. I'm yours. I'm yours. And now I'm seeing this. I was like, oh, gosh. Here's what's crazy. A couple of weeks went by. And from that moment, I just, you know, I just jotted it down in my journal. That's all I did. I didn't, like, sign my name in blood on anything or anything. Crazy. Yeah. 
What? I no, keep talking about crazy signature? things. Don't crazy people say, like, I'm not crazy, like, every two minutes. Oh, no, absolutely, yes. That's one of the sure signs you are You know what? Fine. Just let it be. I am. Whatever. Um, but all I'm saying is I just jotted it down in my journal. Like, I think that's important to say because I didn't dismiss it and try not to think about it. I just wrote it down. I was like, I'm not sure what that's going to be. But that just happened. Um, and a couple weeks went by. And as they did, I it went from me, like, kind of imagining myself doing that to me like I would feel a desire come up that I wanted to and I would be so surprised every time Mm. and I would check my heart I'd like sleep on it and wake up and be like do I still feel that way (laughs) that can't be real wow like I'm sitting here saying almost Jesus you can't do that you know yeah like there are things I should Mm-hmm. be able mm-hmm. to do I'm not doing this like this desire is coming up in me I feel invited into something more free than what I've been choosing and it's almost like you've wet my appetite for it and I think I want to do it like I just was it was crazy um it was very profound and and uh I talked to my husband about it um and after I think two or three weeks when it stuck and it stayed and the desire was there and I would think about it and want to do it. And I, I didn't feel scared. Like I didn't feel that steel gate come down. Like, no, like before when I would mm-hmm. think about maybe I should do this, mm-hmm. it wasn't mm-hmm. there. There was just this openness that was new, um, genuinely. And so I talked to my husband, called my mom, asked if she could come over sometime on the weekend which it happened to be Mother's Day weekend, which, because my life's huh. so dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't plan it that Not way. at all. And it was almost like, I almost don't want to, but I didn't want to wait. So I was like, whatever, I don't care. Let's just do this. That holiday, for obvious reasons, had been difficult for me. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know that there was even more kindness in that for the Lord. I know it's like a silly American, like, cultural holiday. <laughs> but it, it was meaningful f- to me how much yeah. you know it hurt each year but um so I was like okay I guess like I wouldn't have written this the Lord is writing this yeah and so I get closer to the day I'm getting a little nervous but I still want to do it um my husband is so sweet and he's gonna just he's gonna sit with me in the living room and she's coming over in the morning and that morning I was just getting ready and you know brush my teeth and just feeling my nerves come up just a little bit um and I, I will never forget, I looked in the mirror and I just felt like the Lord was saying, you've never been more beautiful than you are right now. Wow. And that's also something I wouldn't say to myself. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was the Lord. And I felt like fathered and, you know, he knew I was going to talk to my mom, yeah. who I didn't feel necessarily like a daughter to. Yeah. And so I think he went out of his way to make me feel fathered like yeah. a daughter in that moment. Mm-hmm. It makes me more, you know, emotional yeah. talking about it because it was so yeah. kind. And again, it wasn't something yeah. that I said, well, I would need it to me Mother's Day weekend and I would need you to say nice things to me. Like, I just... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really got caught up in this, invited by the Lord. Um, and I think, and what started it was letting him in. Yeah. You know, saying, okay, I'm scared of surrender, but all right, Lord. Yeah. You know, and so she comes over. We had honestly a pretty short conversation. Um, she had felt nervous about it the night before when I said, "Can you come?" And I had picked that up in her voice that she mm-hmm. was maybe afraid. Um, and I just remember saying to her, "Like, it's going to be a good conversation. You know, you don't have to worry." So she came over, and we sat down after like really brief chit chat. 
I just kind of went right to it because honestly, the Lord had kind of given me like three mm-hmm. things I wanted to mm-hmm. say. Yeah. You know, and, and I won't like re, you know, re-say all of it. But one thing was, I'm not forgiving you because I feel like I should as a Christian. I'm not forgiving you because I'm, I've reached this place of like holiness. <laughs> I mean, I literally will laugh when I say that. Um, I'm, not, I'm not forgiving you because I, I just need to do it out of obligation. I honestly desire to release you of your debt to me because Jesus has just done something in my heart and I want to. Um, and it, she, she graciously received it and, and called it a gift, um, Hmm. and left. And for me now, Mother's Day, I mean, I can truly celebrate what the Lord did. Yeah. Genuinely, I can celebrate that. Now, I think it's important to note that in that relationship, I still do have to have healthy boundaries. Yeah. Um, you know, forgiveness is not a time machine, as I've said that yeah. before, right? So good. Yeah. But whatever she chooses to do with my forgiveness, however she stewards it, mm-hmm. the truth is my heart's free. Yeah. And and what I the picture that I want to leave with you on that story is that that huge, strong, rooted, dark tree that was like standing up in the garden of my heart mm-hmm. that honestly affected my closeness with Jesus because I'm sorry, how can you hide a whole tree? Yeah. Like, you, right. can't. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. So then there are just certain places in the garden that you can't go Yeah, with mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. And let me tell you, oh my gosh, like if I could just implore you to allow him to walk with you to whatever it is, everything that you are longing to experience or need, like Jesus is the one. Mm-hmm. that can give it to you in that place. Um, and P.S., he already knows about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it didn't... Like, it used to make me really mad when people would say that, like, the Lord knows anyway, like, so whether you like it or not, he already knows mm-hmm. all your stuff. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so encouraging. Yeah. His love for me, in full knowledge, full yeah. view, that's unabridged right. of all of it, deeply committed to me and wants to walk with me and for me that strong tree that had a real presence in my life I woke up one morning and I went to that spot and it was gone Hmm. like it was gone it wasn't sweat and it wasn't my effort and it wasn't all my should have's and I should be able to and I pray this thing away or any of that yeah Mm -hmm. and it was a it was a response to an invitation I was hearing um and then Jesus brought me into more freedom, which that is what he does. Mm-hmm. So uh, if that kind of makes sense, I know I just yeah. said a lot, but. Yeah. Well, sometimes we need a sermon and a testimony. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Bring it. Yeah, I think the thing that stands out to me about that story is, um, I don't want to say this in the wrong way, but the, the small amount of effort that you applied, like oh, you yes. just used that no, example absolutely. of how it wasn't mm-hmm. your sweat, but you yeah. invited the Lord, like the Lord invited you and mm-hmm. you kind of were like, yeah, I don't know. Like you, you submitted to him and you like went on that journey, but yeah. you didn't jump in and say, yes, Lord. Like oh, yeah. there was definitely, what's the word? Um, reticence hesitance. yes <laughs> I was timid yeah I was scared yeah 
scared because I knew there were some places that if surrender would truly yeah. like be there in my heart, that we'd be standing in front of some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so and yeah, I was scared. They've been places of power too. What felt like power, totally, as well. yeah, totally. And so I think for for all of us listening to this, we can feel just greatly encouraged and mm-hmm. find hope that as the Lord calls us into something, that He's gonna be gentle. Mm. with us like just the way that you described his kindness his affirmation Mm -hmm. to you on that moment when you were feeling maybe a little bit exposed or a little bit nervous your whole identity was on the line and he affirmed that he defined that Mm -hmm. in that moment before you went into that difficult conversation yes and he sounds like he even prepared your mom Mm -hmm. to receive that yeah um because you probably had all sorts of ideas about how that conversation could yes. have gone. Yes, I did. Um, but he, you know, that there's that verse, the Lord is gracious and compassionate. Yeah. And I just think yes. I need to hear that so much more often because yeah. I am so hard on myself. I expect hmm. that he will be and that he should be because look at what I've done, you know. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, But he's yeah. just not. Yes. Um, and yes. another thing you said earlier was that um, when it comes to our garden, he doesn't give us his little shovel and expect us to do it ourselves because there are some things that only he can do. It's true. Like yeah. even on our best day yes. when we're the most anointed and the most focused yeah. in prayer and the yeah. most like, you know, all of our yeah. stuff is lined up. We cannot do it. And we need to know that about yes. ourselves Yes. In in a humility, not in a beat ourselves way but just yes. be like you mm-hmm. cannot do this yeah. release yourself from that expectation yeah. mm-hmm. and allow the lord to care for you and to to take this yes um yeah i think so powerful i think i isn't it that same lie that has been from the very beginning of what if he doesn't love you as much as you think mm-hmm. or yeah. what if um you know, like you just mentioned, what if he, he would be disappointed, frustrated, turn and focus on someone else because I was like no longer showing up or whatever yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it it pushes us into multiple things, but some of them are shame and isolation. And <clears throat> I feel like we just start to limp along and like, doesn't our garden get like all cut up into pieces? Like there are places we'll go with him and other places we won't. And yeah. Um, the one encouraging thing I would say to like someone listening who is going through something difficult is that his love and mercy knows no bounds. Hmm. There is therefore, you know, Romans 8 one says there's therefore now no condemnation for those in Christ. And that doesn't mean there's not, well, there's some, you know, that does, doesn't mean that. And it doesn't mean, well, <laughs> except for when you deserve condemnation, child. Yeah. That, it means there's none. So what does that mean? Like a friend on a trip that we took just recently looked at me and said one day, he's like, isn't it amazing? Jesus is always in a good mood and he loves us. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. Like, yeah. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Um, yeah. Don't get me wrong, he's not Santa Claus. He's a lot more like Aslan than Santa Claus. But <laughs> I'm just saying... If he is that good, mm-hmm. if his mercy knows no bounds, yeah. if he will be gentle, if he already knows mm-hmm. and is the only one that can help, 
I mean, the way he just gently invited me with what little, exactly what you said is true, with what little I could give. That's right. And let's be real, like Jesus knew. It's almost like that widow that like hands one coin in. I think he knew that was like a bigger deal yeah. for me, given what I kind of sensed that he might take me to some places. And the Lord is still doing work in me. And I'm just noticing now that my shame is shrinking Mm-hmm. Praise Jesus. Yeah. And that my openness to say, okay, like, it's all here. Um, it's all yours. Um, where do you want me to go and what do you want me to look at? I think he's just wooed me in a way. Like, mm-hmm. and and it's the fear of going to certain places or of even like bringing him something in myself that I really would like to see change. The fear is just getting quieter hmm. um, because of his goodness. Yeah. And uh, I just think that's, it's, it's important that we have almost like a battle mentality against that voice that you mm-hmm. should, as a Christian, how long have you been a Christian now? Mm-hmm. You should, I feel, you know, I feel like you should be able to, you know, I mean, yeah. you know, you've seen the Lord. You, I mean, all these yeah, yeah, yeah. really shaming voices, mm-hmm. if you hear that, that's just not Jesus and... Um, even from my testimony, like that's not the type of thing that Jesus says, Yeah, you know? And so to learn how to recognize those and silence them and to remember who he is and he's the gardener, that the garden of our heart actually belongs to him, that he takes pride in it, that he loves it. Um, and seeing our role as inviting him in mm-hmm. and surrendering you know, any type of hiding, just surrendering it. Yeah. Like let yeah. him, let him look around mm-hmm. and have access to stuff and watch what the Lord will do. Yeah. So. Amen. I think our yes is almost always weak. Mm-hmm. And again, there's this expectation that I should go, yes, Lord, here's this thing. But he knows how weak our yes often is. And he also knows how hard it is even to say that little yes. Mm-hmm. You can come in. Mm-hmm. He places such value on it. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I think we wait. We're waiting for that day when yeah. I'm ready to say yes. Mm-hmm. When really it's just that tiny little movement of our heart towards his. And he goes, oh my gosh, that's such a big deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he recognizes it and he values it. Mm. It's just all it takes. Mm. I think he's always waiting to show us his goodness. Mm-hmm. Always. In everything that he does. Yeah. It's and true. It's, so it's you experiencing it. So you're saying your shame is shrinking. The fear of those things. It's like each time we build that history of walking out that surrender with him. And experience him in that pace, place of so much pain. Mm-hmm. It builds that experience builds the exp- what am I saying <laughs> it builds that knowledge it builds that yeah the trust yeah. of you know who he is and you know yeah. how he acts yeah. and you know how he treats your heart mm-hmm that helps silence those lies that come against it and it's like yeah. he's setting it right like he's setting my mm-hmm. I mean isn't that crazy to think like paradise is is here physically with us in that we each Mm -hmm. have a walled garden Mm -hmm. that Jesus has full access to you know and it's it's just profound it's profound I could think about it for a long time but I think 
that just like what you're saying, as he gently increases our trust um, by just proving himself over and over, I mean, isn't he just like always setting us more free? Mm -hmm. Just always. Mm -hmm. And from things, I mean, man, that was like self-inflicted in terms of the unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. Like I would never say the abuse I went through was, you know, self-inflicted or like I can just like mind power myself out of that hurt. I'm not going to mince words. It was incredibly painful. It was like walking on the edge of like a giant precipice to even think about surrendering that. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, when you're mistreated like that, you feel powerless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you just crave a way, mm-hmm. you know, to reclaim some of that or to have some of it. Mm-hmm. And Jesus just looks at me gently with this, like, smile and all this love. And I think it's important to say, He doesn't just see our sin and know, like, where our weak places are, He knows why they're weak. Like he'll look at me and and know I know why that's hard for you. Yeah, like I yeah. understand. Mm-hmm. And so that helps you realize what a gentle teacher he is. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't know. So I'm like excited, also afraid of like the next time I feel invitation yeah. <laughs> from him. I'm not gonna lie and say yeah. like I'm good. Everything's cool now. <laughs> yeah, it's like everything's gonna be so Bring easy it on now. I've got this. I out. mean, <laughs> no, not at all. But I, I hope it blesses and encourages to hear, um, what that was like for me, and like I said, what type of a gardener, what type of a father he is, um, mm-hmm. to help us just turn and face him with whatever it is that we're like clutching. Yeah. And let him give us the things that, gosh, we want so much. Mm-hmm. And we just can't give ourselves. Yeah. I'm just thinking about that concept of him as a father and how he knows why we're weak. Mm-hmm. And how, as as a mom, I'd like to think I'm a good mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she is. I have my moments, but like... <laughs> I know my like different the different way that my children are wired mm-hmm. and the different areas of insecurity that they have yeah. or even like actual dysfunction and so mm-hmm. they might react badly or they might have a significant yeah. outburst like bad behavior that anybody who walked past them on the street would be like mm-hmm. that is xyz you need to do xyz but i understand mm-hmm. you know i've, yeah, I've yeah, gone yeah. on this journey and i know you why. know their story and mm-hmm. so i have grace for that and mm-hmm. i can love them in that imperfectly but mm-hmm. the lord is able to love us in that mm-hmm. perfectly like you said he's never in a bad mood like I love my children so much mm-hmm. and I do my best to care for them and raise them up and protect them and teach them and man they cop it when I'm in a bad mood like yeah. when I am tired or when I Preach, you know girl. just put that thing away and then you've dumped it all out like seriously whatever it is sometimes it's big stuff like important yeah. things and yeah. sometimes it's really trivial yeah um but the harshness that can come out of me yeah is ugly and the Lord never Mm-mm. has that, never has no. those moments no. with us. Even when he's just put that thing back together in my heart and I've dumped it out again. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? That is true. Good. But um, we are harsh like that with ourselves as well. Right. So others can look at our life and you know, maybe judge us for 
X, Y, Z, like what you were saying, Mm -hmm. whatever that might be. But I mean, I'll speak for myself. I just like, I do that. So I will look down on a weakness or allow like actual sin or even just like shortcoming, Mm -hmm. um, to kind of pull me under, Mm -hmm. you know? And then I'll have one or one of two responses. Usually I'll either like totally accept that and be like, like I'm terrible at that or I'm, I should be better mm-hmm. or I get angry mm-hmm. and like kick it. And I like have like a defiance, which then yep. I feel shame about. So yep. it's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just not, other. none of it yeah. is helpful. And if it's, it's, yeah. I hope it's encouraging like this conversation of just stopping to think about how would the Lord respond? You know, even though I'm familiar with my own response to myself and maybe others responses like, Oh my goodness. If that's true about the Lord, Mm -hmm. that he responds that way, what is keeping us from bringing all of it? Like, in time, there's no Mm -hmm. pressure to, like, Mm -hmm. bring your whole heart in one moment with the Lord. Mm -hmm. I mean, if that's where he's calling you, peace be with you and (laughs) all that. I hope hope you're okay. But, um, honestly, I just don't think that's the way he would. I think it'd be gentle. Mm-hmm. I His think leadership it would be. is perfect. Yeah. He knows the times, he knows the seasons, he knows the yeah. rhythms, he knows what needs to happen when it needs to happen. And yeah. it's usually not how we think it's going to happen. If exactly. we're looking at the garden of our heart and the things that are poisonous or the mm-hmm. places that are dead. Mm-hmm. And we think, okay, Jesus, boom, boom, this is probably maybe if I even let you in here, this is what should go down. Yes. And he never does it. It's <laughs> always so utterly different yeah. the way yeah. he tends mm-hmm. the garden of our heart mm-hmm. than how we think it should be done. Yeah, and it's done in a way that um, we're gonna be okay. Yeah, like he does not overwhelm us. He validates exactly. our pain, and he's with us. He does not overwhelm us with that process. We overwhelm ourselves. Yeah, because mm. when we think that we should be doing it a different yes, way, that word needs to be eliminated. You should all over yourself. <laughs> it's just that. it doesn't smell good. It doesn't smell good. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> There's another S word. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's really true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Mm. So good. We always end podcasts with lots of mmms. Mm. Like, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've been eating <laughs> ribs or something. <laughs> I need to. <laughs> Chewing. I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> like you're chewing on it, like licking off yes, the sauce. You're just enjoying it. Just enjoy. You're like that was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was meaty. See, yes, it was meaty. See, ribs was a perfectly appropriate <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> We're with you, babe. <laughs> you're kind of actually making me hungry. I literally didn't eat. I'm her. starving now. Just <laughs> thinking about. It. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much, Megan, for sharing yeah. your story. Because, yeah. um, I mean, those are some tender places. Those mm-hmm. are some painful places. And many, many of us can relate to that. And mm. I think often we don't hear people talk about that and the reality of that pain. Mm-hmm. And also the, the hope and the reality of inviting the Lord yeah. to those places, that it's safe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think hearing your testimony of the goodness of God in those places is incredibly powerful. Hmm. So thank you. Thank you are so welcome. I'm always super honored to come sit with you guys and share. So thanks. Mm. Bless you. Good evening and goodbye, everyone. We'll see you again soon. Yeah.